0: Welcome to the Be A Podcast. My name is Nick Minns. Uh, on the podcast today, I am joined by Amy Anderson. Uh, she runs a great uh, page on Instagram, which is called uh, Amy is Growing. There's some really, really good content on there, some really good messages as well. Uh, and she's been kind enough today to give a time to come and talk to us. So, Amy, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for asking me to be on. Looking forward to it.
0: So, where are you at the moment? Are you where from? Because I'm noticing a little bit of an accent. Is it?
1: Yeah, I'm from Scotland. Scotland,
0: brilliant. No, that's fine. Sorry, my next, day, next door next next on ever Scottish. So, whenever I hear that, that accent, I'm like, yeah, yeah, didn't, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you're in in uh, in rainy Britain or up in Scotland. So, um, so yeah, so uh, basically, uh, just if you want to just tell us a little bit about um if you like, your experiences uh, with mental health?
1: Yeah, so I think I've always kind of struggled with anxiety. My dad's really bad with anxiety, so it does kind of run in the family a bit. So I kind of started noticing it when I was about probably 14 or 15, just kind of really, like, genital stuff. It wasn't really... Nothing really triggered it. I just noticed I started feeling more panicky, getting more panicky over, like, the stupidest of things. And it kind of settled... I think just just before COVID, I'd been through quite a lot of bullying and just in school things were really bad and it all kind of got on top of me a bit. So then once the pandemic came, that didn't help things, so things just got worse from there. Got in touch with my GP. They weren't really any help. They just, because I'd been previously referred to CAMS before, which they... um, they denied the, like rejected the referral. So they then said they'll try put me through again. Again, that didn't work. So just kind of had to try and get through it all myself really.
0: Yeah, same. So you say he was referred to CAMS, but then it was it was kind of like was it rejected by CAMS or by the, was it the the GPU? messed it up, shall we say?
1: It was by CAMs themselves. They sent a letter out just saying that this time they weren't going to go ahead with the referral. But I think it's like that for a lot of people because they have so many people to get through. I've heard a lot of people saying that even when they've been at their worst, they've still been told no because they don't have enough people or enough people employed and and there's not enough funding. People uh, just get the help they need.
0: That's the thing funding at the minute is ridiculous. I mean <laughs> the you know the services need a lot more money like pumped mm-hmm. into them um I, I mean i don't know what it's like for for scotland but i think definitely but i think it's a it's it's a nationwide thing personally i think there's yeah. there's not enough money being invested in them services yeah. because like you say there's there's kind of people and and like youngsters who really need that help at an early you know if they can intervene at an early stage it kind of reduces these problems kind of showing the red a little bit later on yeah. um so, so you say you kind of started noticing it around about fourteen. Um, so how old are you, me? You, you're still quite young, I'm guessing. I'm eighteen years. Eighteen. So, um, before fourteen, did you notice anything? Anything before that, or did you know was it? Did you kind of think it was around about that sort of age? And what's that? What kind of symptoms were you starting to recognize that was happening?
1: I think. Around about that time I think we were starting to kind of talk about exams coming up in school and I think I'm I'm quite a perfectionist so I always wanted to do well, probably kind of over push myself too much than what I actually needed to but I think from about just from exams coming up and trying to kind of figure out what I actually want to do, I mean 14 is really young, even 16 is too young to decide what you want to do with the rest of your life, I don't, I definitely didn't realise that at the time, so I think just all the talk of exams and studying and you need to do this, need to get this, um, and just all that, I think it just took a big toll on me and then that's when I had to kind of that's when I started getting like the kind of like really panicky feelings, and I just didn't really know what it was I was experiencing. I didn't know much about mental health back then, it just wasn't talked about enough. I don't think definitely in school it wasn't talked about.
0: No, I mean, I, I mean, we I had this discussion with a gentleman who was on the other day about um kind of what to look at in schools at the moment. Um, I mean i mean i mean i'm 36 so when i was at school it wasn't you know we didn't even learn anything i didn't even really hear anything about mental health until probably about the time when i was maybe like 20 21 so but at school it just wasn't mentioned at all um what's your kind of views on you know do, do you think it should be something that's kind of put in in a curriculum
1: yeah, I definitely think it should be taught a lot more in schools. I think right now it's too, I think it's too stereotypical. Like, I think they give, they try to put it in a one-size-fits-all. I don't think they talk enough about why these things happen. They don't talk about, like, mental illnesses enough themselves. and Obviously, they're not trained in that aspect, but just just encouraging people to... Do their research, educate themselves, and just really put it out there. I think if they were to talk about it more and make people aware of these things, people would be more likely to speak up before it gets to the point where they don't want the help.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of my me and my uh, my eldest son we had quite an interesting conversation the other day when we was talking about about mental health and what they're learning in there. Um in their kind of lessons and stuff. And he actually said, why do do they have, like, a so say, why do they have anti-bullying week? And why do they have, like, mental health week? He said, why is it just a week? Why is it they only choose, like, a week to kind of focus on them things? And he says, mm -hmm. they had, like, a a non-uniform day for um, anti-bullying day, if you like and he says the amount of people who were getting bullied for what they were actually wearing. So he said, it was completely pointless. And, you know, you were, you were in non-uniform to, to kind of encourage people like this is non, you know, against bullying. And he said, it was just happening. And, but he said, it's, it's one of them things that happens just all the time. And I'm, I'm the same with regards to like mental health should be something that should be easy to talk about as Mm. talking about football scores or Mm. talking about weather outside. You know, but there's always I think unfortunately there's always going to be that stigma of what people um think they can and can't say, but a lot of that is to do with how you know the educating, you know, because if they don't know about it, they're not gonna know what to say.
1: Yeah, I think social media plays a big part in it as well. I think a lot of people, especially what I've seen on the mental health community, people just don't know when when enough is enough they just keep pushing and the amount of messages I get like every day like I'm happy to talk to people about things I really don't mind I love I love helping people but I don't think people understand it as boundaries I think they forget we've been through stuff as well and there's certain there's just certain things that we just can't go into yet and they just kind of think well you've got this page so like why not like it's what it's there for when it's not it's there to help and educate people and share our experiences and how we handle
0: things yeah i mean that's that's i suppose that's what this this kind of podcast has been about mm-hmm. um i mean i have opened up about a lot of stuff but i still feel like i'm also learning about a lot of stuff so i kind of I'll, I'll you know sometimes get messages through about about certain things and i kind of I'm sometimes like, well, I'm 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 still learning about that myself, and like yeah. you say, I think when people see you've got a page, they kind of think, right, everything's rosy, you're back yeah. to normal, you know. It yeah. it's not always like that. So sometimes when you when you have a, you know, like anything like depression, or anxiety, there's something that you don't particularly get over. You just learn to control and live yeah. with. But you do have days where you kind of feel like you just have to take a step back, you know. Yeah, and and I mean, I've, 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 like, even down to like things like, you know, if I've relapsed Mm in something that I've kind of gone and said, I've had this massive relapse and this and that and da 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 da. Yeah. Because I noticed that on your on your post yesterday. Like sometimes it's more like when I when like I had to take a, a break during the summer and I come back and then when I come back, I just said, I've just been you know just been away from the podcast for a bit. Had a few things to deal with. I'm back now you know it was just like that but sometimes it's it's kind of like a real contradiction sometimes in the in in what kind of people are putting on which is maybe a bit too much to because I I really like that post that you sent us last night I thought it was really good
1: I think people just feel like especially within the mental health community they feel like they need to prove a point I think they feel like because people can't see it physically they feel like they need to then Prove to people or everybody else that they're ill, they're not doing well, when we already know that. Like, from their previous posts, we already know that they're not doing well. It's just a case of, like, learning how to put boundaries out there. And for, so like, Instagram, like, and that, has got better at, like, censoring things, but they're censoring stuff that shouldn't be censored. So they're invalidating people's recovery which just doesn't fair.
0: there was um funny you talk about that there was one of my old, one of my guests who come really at the beginning her name's um jamie McPeak. she's actually in america she's making a movie at the moment about her struggles with mental health and she actually put on um a post about anorexia yeah. um basically just explaining what anorexia was and you know, body dysmorphia going through what she's been through. And Instagram actually took it off and said it was against their policy. Yep. And I was just, she she was like, quite rightly, like really like pissed off about it. But yep. it was like, that's something where she's just basically saying, this is what I've been through. Mm-hmm. But this is how, how, what I've used to kind of get through it and a little bit of information as well. And they took that off. And I just thought, and then these. You know, there's all sorts of other stuff on Instagram, which is kind of completely, in a way, pointless. And, you know, something that's informative might be there to help people. And they're taking that down. It's, you know, it doesn't make any sense.
1: No, it's not fair.
0: So going back to your kind of early experiences. Um. So you said you went to... Like the doctors but there weren't much help um did you have you ever had like a formal diagnosis from the doctor of of anything like depression or anything
1: yeah so I think it was about it must have only been like four months ago or something um I was put on antidepressants just because I just couldn't function anymore couldn't get out of my bed couldn't do anything it was just it was getting ridiculous and I ended up getting my mum to phone, so I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I was kind of in that stage where I didn't want any help because I'd reached out so many times and just kind of given up. I just kind of thought, what's the point? So they just said, like, from what I'm describing, well, my mum had said, um, like, I can't I don't know what to do with her. And that's the first time I've ever heard her say that. So that's kind of when... I knew right this isn't right I need to do something about this so that's when they'd prescribed me the medication and it has made a big difference but I also tried to implement things myself to kind of coincide the medication just so it's not purely that that's like kind of I really only used that to get me back on the right path and then started implementing things myself to get me back on track to can i take me somewhere so i had something to focus on
0: yeah yeah um what medication you on? if you don't mind me asking uh... i always go so i always ask us I say i find it quite interesting to see because how broad a spectrum it is of what people are actually being prescribed
1: i think it's sitalopram that i'm on
0: yeah that's uh, just quite a common one because i'm on i'm on sertraline but I'm on like the highest dose of sexually, yeah. But I was the same. Like I'd, I'd kind of reached that point where, I mean, I just didn't know. I just didn't know what to do. I mean, I was like crying all the time and yep. just didn't have no control over any of my emotions. Like this. I just didn't want to get out of bed. I, I just, like you said, it's almost that thing where you kind of just feel like, oh, what's the point? What's yep. the point? Getting out of bed's just a lot harder than staying in bed. So let's just stay in bed. Oh, yeah. let's not not let's not go out today and talk to people. Let's not go out and do this and do that. And I think you kind of you get so fed up of the facade that you have to put on. You are just like, right, enough's enough. That's it. I'm yeah. just I'm just being like a hermit and I'm just going to wipe myself away. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it. I I always kind of find it quite interesting to see. Like, I'd, sometimes I find I kind of think. I mean, I've already been told that if sertraline didn't work, I'd be going on, uh, Pram that's what they said to me so um so you talked about putting things into place uh, yourself to kind of go alongside that so what what sort of things are you kind of implemented
1: so originally I had planned to go to college in September there but that didn't happen I think I lasted like two weeks and then just I couldn't handle it I wasn't in the right frame of mind for it so Just decided to drop out of that, take a gap year, just to get myself back on track. So then I kind of started looking into what do I actually want to do? What do I enjoy? What would I like to do with my life? And then I thought, well, already run this mental health page and I love doing it. It, Honestly, I spend quite a lot of time kind of creating content, doing research, all that for it. So I thought, right, let's take it to the next level. So then... I've applied to do mental health nursing at uni. So that's like my top kind of thing to keep me going, something to focus on, something to work at. So then I just started kind of taking things one step at a time. So then I started learning to drive. So then I thought that gives me something out an hour a week, gives me something to focus on, something to keep me distracted, which was honestly the best thing that I probably could have done. So I think it, for me it was really just putting small things tackle that move on to the next thing tackle that instead of having all of these big things to face at once. I think people think like once you leave school right you need to go to college you need to go to uni you need to get a job you need to do this when you don't I think that's that pressure's only going to get worse but you don't
0: Did you feel like there was a lot of pressure when you left school? yeah or in, that, or in that last year
1: yeah because everybody was finding out if they were going to college if they were going to uni some were going straight into working and I think I know a lot of people well some people did kind of feel like I don't have anywhere to go but you don't need somewhere to go right away I think that's probably the biggest thing that this past year's taught me is you don't need to jump into things right away if you're not ready take a bit longer
0: I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to sound like an old man to you when I say back in the day, but when I was at, you know, when I was at school, you got to the last year and it was, oh, what do you think you're gonna do when you leave? And you were like, I don't know. And it was like, all right, well, we've got these things in the in the hall, which basically you can kind of talk about, you know, what you want to do after you leave school. If you want to, have a t- yeah, yeah. But now it's just like, I mean, you have career days, and I mean, my my eldest, he he's. He's in his last year of school, so he leaves end of this end of, in September. Yeah. Um, but he's the amount of times he's been told, oh, you could do this, or you could go on an electrician's thing, or you could do this and do, and all these things have been thrown at him. He's just like, I just don't know what I want to do, Dad. And but I mean, I'm very much in the thinking of he'll make his own mind up and he'll find his own way of what he wants to do. Like, I'm not going to force him to go get a job, and I'm not going to force him to go to sixth form or to college or uni. At the end of the day, it's his decision, whatever he wants to do. Because the last thing I want to do is put more pressure on him. And I think, I think in the current climate, I think like kids are getting too much pressure put on them, even with with regards to GCSE results and, you know, the grades.
1: Yep. Yes. It's for a 16 year old, it's it's too much to expect them to then figure out have all those subjects to study for and then expect them to figure out what they want to do for the rest of their life. Half the time people will go and study something and won't end up doing anything like that when they're like say like in their 30s. Like it's just it's far too much pressure on young people. Like they they don't need to because you've you've already got so much to figure out, like figuring out who you are your friends, who you belong with, so so much to take on.
0: I mean, I, I when I came out of school, I ended up... Well, I tried to go to college and then dropped out. Well, kind of went to college and then just sacked it off, and then I went to music college for two years. But alongside of that, I was working as well, so I had a job. I ended up working in retail for the best part of 20 years, before last year, I decided. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to uni. I'm just gonna to go to university.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was, and you know, and I kind of thought, God, that he took me all that time, and I'm 36, and now I'm deciding. Right, I want to go to university now. But mm-hmm. it, I think sometimes you have to kind of just find them things out for yourself as well. Yeah. You've got to kind of, you know, make your own decisions with regards to that. Yeah. So, um. So have you noticed that with obviously with the with the Citalopram and the things that you're putting in place, have you noticed that you're actually kind of in a better control of things now?
1: Yeah, I feel like now I'm more in the place where I feel ready to go and take on these big things. Whereas before I just I just didn't want to do it. I just kept thinking like, what if this happens? What if that happens? But now I'm just kind of like, well, do you know what? See, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. At least I can then say I've tried, so I think there's definitely been a big shift in my mindset over the past couple of months. So I think, I think that gap, taking that gap here, was probably the best thing that I've ever done. And I didn't see it at the time, the day after that I'd processed that I wasn't at college anymore, I felt like I'd failed at something. Whereas looking back, if I'd kept going, I probably wouldn't have lasted long anyway, because it would have just made things so much worse.
0: It, you know, it's funny. It's funny when you talk about feeling like a failure, and I, I kind of think that that's a big thing that goes along with kind of like anxiety and, yeah. you know, like mental health especially, is that, that kind of the self-perception of yourself can be so low and you can always kind of feel like you fail and even when if you you know when you look back you think god that was probably the best thing i've done yet yeah. at the time you feel like it's the worst thing that you've done so actually allowing yourself to have a bit of time it's kind of having to fight those little demons if you like straight away yeah. um you talked earlier on Just gonna touch a, you touched earlier on sorry talked earlier on with regards to um being a perfectionist yeah what what is it that you mean by being a perfectionist? The only reason I asked is because I'm I'm like I'm like this. So I, I kind of find it interesting to find what what other people are like with regards to being a perfectionist. Yeah.
1: So I wouldn't say I've always wanted to kind of like be the best at everything. Like I'm not like that at all. I think I'm more competitive with myself. Like I always wanted to kind of get the top grades like for me. Yeah. Like, I just kind of felt like it it proved that I was capable when that's not really the case. But I always wanted to kind of get the really good grades so I could get, like, a, a really good job. And you don't really need that. You're kind of led into a false sense of security at school. Like, they just make out that, like, if you get the top grades, you know, you'll get into a really good university, you'll get a really good job. But there's so many people that haven't done that that have really good jobs which they don't tell you enough. Well, they don't tell you that at all.
0: But It's, it's funny because I, when I used to work in retail, there used to be a kid who had a PhD in physics and biology and he was told by... He could basically go walking and be a biomechanic, uh, bio, biomechanics or be a chemist and things like that. Yeah. And he ended up working in retail and I was his boss. And yet my grades at school were crap. Do you know what I mean? And it was just like it just goes to show sometimes that yeah you can get all the top grades but at the same time it's sometimes not about the grades it's about your ethics it's about how you decide to apply yourself you yeah. know it should i think really less should be made on um your grades and more should be word on how hard you're willing to work towards to get towards them things i suppose
1: yeah definitely
0: but yeah i find it really interesting when you say about when you said about perfect, being a perfectionist, I say the the thing is when people hear you say that, they think, oh, you must want everything perfect. And it's it's not, it's not that way. Like I always say to everybody, I mean to look at me, there's no way this is a perfectionist, you know, but it, it's not in the way that I want everything to everything to be. Like I don't want to be the best, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to win everything. But I feel like I'm more – I mean, I, I do a lot of, um, like, comparing myself to other people. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, like, when you're on Instagram and you're scrolling through and you see all these posts of people in mansions and, you know, on holiday abroad, you know, getting a tan and big houses, posh cars and stuff, and you think, oh, you know, why, why can't I have that? Why You know, why can't I have a little bit of yeah. what that is? But sometimes I think I do that and then I'm, oh, well, you haven't got a good job. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. You know, right now we need to work hard. We need to keep pushing ourselves. But it's it's more you saying that to yourself more than anybody else pushing you into it. Yep. And I've always been very conscious of what people think of me as well. So from the outside looking in, yeah. I've always been really kind of like conscious of what people think of my appearance. And now i come across and, you know. It, it's, it really, when I look at it, I kind of think, God, as, as long as the people really care about me, and the people who mean something to me, as long as they're all right out me, then you, you you shouldn't really kind of be too bothered about anything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's social media that plays a big part in that as well, But when you see a lot of people don't show, like, people only show, like, the highlights of their life. So you scroll through and see, like, they they must be so happy, and like people edit pictures as well photoshop you think that's how they actually look and people still do it to this day i think i don't think it happens as much now but apps have just developed you just don't know you just can't tell
0: the thing is I'll, I'll, there's, there's loads of people who who kind of have put on their. you know they've done like uh uh, how to pose for Instagram? Do you know what I mean? And how to how you know this is me beforehand, and this is me when once I've kind of put it through Photoshop, yep. you know, for Instagram. And it's it's scary, really. Like like you say, like people are being drawn into this this like almost like falseness of what's going on on social yep. media. Yep. And sometimes, if you see all the best bits of what everybody's got, sometimes it's more realistic seeing. Not like not seeing the shit days, but you know, like seeing the days where it's not as good and you kind of feel, God, you know what, I've actually got something in common there rather than feeling I've got nothing in common with these people,
1: yeah, definitely,
0: so um, so you say you're gonna are you know, you're maybe looking at mental health nursing,
1: yeah, yeah, I think it's something I've always wanted to do. Like since we had to kind of start, well, I say had to, not really, but since we were kind of encouraged to start thinking about what we wanted to do after school. And I remember going up to see the careers advisor and telling her what I wanted to do. And she told me that I'd never be able to do anything like that, that my grades weren't good enough and I didn't have the right subjects and all that. So I stupidly listened to her and thought, right, okay, well, what else can I do? And then just ended up going down a path that I I didn't want to go into. So then I just thought this year, do you know what? See, I can apply for that. If I if I don't get in, I don't get in. But I thought I've got the subjects there that I need, I've got the grades that I need. So the worst they're going to say is sorry, not this year. So I thought, do you know what? Let's just do it and see what, see what happens of it. I
0: think I think sometimes. With regards to kind of like mental health nursing and and any really anything to kind of do with like mental health, I think sometimes if you have actually had experience in, so to say, for example, if you've had experience with depression or anxiety or bipolar disorder or you know any one of these things, yep. I think that's more that's more of a kind of um, that should be more considered more than whether or not. Yep. you've got the grades because, you know, sometimes being able to sympathise and be able to to listen to people because you know exactly what that's like. You know, yep. it's, I, you know, I, I think sometimes like I understand that you need to have certain certain qualifications, but I think it's especially when they say stuff like uh, you need an A to A to an A to C in science. Like why, why? I know, I know. <laughs> why i'm not going to open them up and start looking at the brains you know i mean i just want to talk to them you know you're just there to kind of talk but yeah there's a there's a there's a little bit too much emphasis put on grades and you know qualifications shall we say yeah so so where sometimes finish these these podcasts is if you were to give um one piece of advice like if you like you know to anybody out there who's listening who, who might be kind of thinking of um like what to do so what would be your like one bit of advice
1: i think the one thing that i would say is just to trust yourself don't let anyone else's words get in your head don't let people push you into things that you don't think's right for you listen to yourself trust yourself and just go with what you think's right for you I think that's the biggest thing that you can ever do is just to trust yourself because you know you better than anyone else. You know what your interests are. You know what you're good at. You know what you need to work on. Just trust your gut and go with it. That's
0: brilliant. Love it. Love it. Um, Amy, yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant um, having you on tonight. So thanks so much for giving up your time, especially after the like, Christmas Christmas holidays to come on and talk. Um, keep up the good work. I think it's brilliant that you know younger people like yourself uh doing these sorts of things as well because sometimes it can you know, I think some people have this uh, if you like preconception, that mental health only only thing is maybe between 25 and 40 or you know, middle aged people, but it's all ages. So, keep up the good work of what you're doing on your, your Instagram page. Um, I'll be following it for definite. Um, and yeah. For everyone else, I'll see you on the next podcast.